It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Yeah. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a machine, listen to yourself, the world with its own needs. Something in your own head, beat it up, and I repeat, got no sleep. The ladder from the platter with the fear, fight down, like fire in a fire. Mr. Jimmy's other gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, leave it, you're getting it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of bloom... Boy, bloom. Uh oh. Uh, I messed up. Boy, that's a bad so, start. So you want to be bloom this time? Is that the deal? No, I'll be doomed. This is the hour of doom <laughs> and bloom. Hey, friends and neighbors, welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour. A satisfying second or two of sanity in a yes. In That's a, a good insane one. world. Oh, I love oh, that. Very go. good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find, gosh, closing in on 900 posts, videos, wow. and podcasts on medical preparedness better, for any disaster. You better get to writing, because I want next week, I want you to say 1,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got to write it 100. That's a lot. Can Who you can do ever it? read that? Think about all it. All that stuff. You'd have to write 100 articles in a week. That is amazing. It must be very few things I haven't written about. I'll tell you that much. I'll make a list. <laughs> oh, gosh, great. More, oh, proje- oh, more on- projects. Only because we're very lucky that we get a lot of feedback from folks like you guys out there. And you let us know what are some of the topics that you haven't heard about. Or maybe you haven't heard about them in a while. Or maybe you're a new listener and haven't heard the past six years. Of our oh show. Boy. <laughs> boy, we've got a lot of shows out there. That that is that is absolutely Hard to keep true. Up. But we're happy wow. to talk about some old things again. Now, who are you, by the way? You, oh, who's this lady talking here? Uh, I, doesn't introduce herself. I would love to. I'm Amy Alton. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner. And I'm also sometimes known as Nurse Amy. That's right. And the hostess with the mostest. Our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. We are the watchers on the wall. And we watch it all for you to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart. Mm -hmm. Friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident (laughs) with an insidious iguana? I'll bet you have. Our attorney says, don't call me. Call Dr. Bones Nurse Amy and listen to this. Absolutely. And this is how you get in touch with us. You can email us anytime at drbonespodcast at aol.com. You can send us a message on Twitter at Prepper Show. We have a Facebook group 
called Survival Medicine Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have a sister website called americansurvivalradio.com. Let's see. Um, how else would they get in touch with us? I mean, I email is the idea. biggest thing. I have a great idea. Why don't you read the disclaimer, which is what you're actually supposed to do at this part of the show. Okay, we'll stop this and fix it. <laughs> no. You said, how could they get in touch with us? <laughs> did I say that? You did. I said, and listen to this. Stop it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Worst show ever, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. The, the, okay, I'm going to admit something. I wasn't listening to you. You weren't listening to me. And wow. You, you know why? Because why? I was actually reading email. Email? I was. You pay attention to this show, well, bud. Well, I just woke up. I have half a cup of coffee here, mm. and I'm trying to do the show <laughs> and catch up with emails, which there's always a lot of them. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to say some medical stuff, so read the disclaimer. I'm absolutely going to read the disclaimer. <laughs> All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only, obviously. <laughs> and do not represent... I'm entertained. Yes, I'm entertained, too. And do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Ah, but and when... I, what? And I still want you guys to get in touch with us. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but when the black clouds are gathering on the horizon, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? Ha! You better learn what to do in medical emergencies and get some supplies, even... Some from beautiful Nurse Amy's entire line of often imitated, never equaled medical kits. If you expect to be of any help in times of trouble, you know what? You need to know what to do. And that's just my humble opinion. Absolutely. Now, I forgot one more thing. The, actually, a very important thing is not just how to get in touch with us, but education is our YouTube channel at DR Bones Podcast. Absolutely. And you could also make an old man like me very happy Aww. by getting a copy of our brand new spanking new edition. Well, don't spank it. Third, third edition. <laughs> don't spank the it. Third edition. Of the Survival Medicine Handbook, 700 pages strong. Now available on Amazon. I guarantee you'll be glad you did. You know, I want to say one more thing about uh -oh. that, that book. It's really important for folks to know that there is nothing, literally nothing, that's in that book that you cannot find on our website. We don't hide anything. We don't have secret information. I know a lot of people tease, oh, right. well, or you, you have can, to buy a membership or something. Or you could find out more about this topic if you just buy my book. Or you can find out the whole secret of something, blah, blah, mm. blah, if you buy our book. There is nothing, folks, that you cannot find on our website. The only purpose of this book is to put our website and that 900 articles we almost have into your hands on your shelf. Hopefully you read it before you put it on the shelf so that if you don't have Internet, if you can't access our website, you can still have all that information. This is why we put it together. It is not to give you, again, super secret information that we would never actually tell you. We've told you everything in that book. If you've listened to us from day one, six years, it's all in the book. That's why you want the hard copy of the book and not necessarily just a Kindle. That's 
my you're little advice. You're absolutely right. And we freely publish all the contents of all, all our of various it. kits on on your store. Absolutely. And as, Every a, as a result, I have to say that you're often imitated because indeed you often are. <laughs> I know. With I people buy, but, but the <laughs> people that true. imitate you have these knockoffs. I know. Of uh, tourniquets or other kinds of important items that you just can't depend on. Absolutely. You know, I want to mention a, a couple words and I, I will. I am going to write something about these fake tourniquets that are, that are out there. There are cat tourniquets, specifically those are the ones being targeted on eBay, um, that are Asian knockoffs. I won't specifically just say China because there's some other Asian countries. I just want to say one thing. that Cat tourniquets are actually called combat application tourniquets, and they're actually not tourniquets for your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're, you're talking about <laughs> cat tourniquets, right? You're right. You know, it's funny. They should make a tourniquet that has the letters D-O-G. D-O-G. Like the, totally... the definitive, uh, they have uh, a... occlusive. Uh, oh, maybe oh, I got to figure it. out. Okay, uh, I'll let you think about that. But can you folks imagine a nice commercial with a dog and a cat? fighting mm-hmm. but there's actually two different companies with tourniquets mm-hmm. so that doesn't work when you have cat and soft right well cats are soft no but i mean it's supposed to be like <laughs> they're supposed to be like enemies and fighting oh. each other you know yes. <laughs> okay wait let me get back to the fake tourniquets so these cat tourniquets are being copied they've been copied for years and let me just tell you guys if you buy a cat tourniquet that costs you less than $21. It is fake. Unless somebody else paid full price and they're just trying to get rid of it. And it's, I don't know, used or they've had it for a long time. Maybe maybe they're ex-military. That's the only way you would be able to get it for less money. If you buy it from a distributor or from the manufacturer, it will never, ever, 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 ever be less than $22. So every single one of those eBay tourniquets, you think, oh, I'm getting a great deal. Yeah, you're getting a great deal because you're buying a You're not a getting fake. A, a cat tourniquet. For you're reason. buying a fake. It's like buying, you know, they have, they used to do the fake purses. I don't know if they still right. do the fake purse thing. But, you know, yeah, you could buy a Louis Vuitton that was, I don't know, $2,000 or $10,000. What? For... $50. Oh, yes, real Louis Vuitton purse. I don't think so. Well, what do you keep in these $2,000 purses? Like I don't gold know. bars? Who cares? Gold bars? I... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is that at some point you have to realize that a good deal is is not really a Sometimes good Sometimes it's too good to be true. You know, falling off the back of the truck means it's probably not something that's real. Uh, so, anyway, I just want to mention that because I know a lot of people say, oh, I'll go to eBay. I'll go, oh, I'll go to eBay. It's cheaper there. It's cheaper there. No, it's, it, yeah, okay, you're going to spend less money. But in reality, the thing is those people selling it, they come and go. The companies are not always there. They'll change their name on eBay. They'll change their name on eBay again and again and again and again. The people who have a lot of stars figure that you're probably never actually going to use that tourniquet to save someone's life. And then come back to them and say, hey, by the way, dude, this broke. They're right. just, they're not going to, and if they get one email like that, that believe me, they'll just disappear in, in a half a second. So you're never going to have any company backing up your product. And, you know, we are actually 
not making all that much money off of these no. hits. The truth of the matter is, is that our mission is to put medical supplies and put education into the hands of people that may one day need it to save a life. Exactly. And if you went and looked at our list of kit, uh, uh, the list of what's actually in our kits and look at comparable kits, mm -hmm. you'll see that they're a very good deal. Even if you price them out yourself, Amazon each them. individual I, item. I promise you folks. And you're I never going to get the, it for the price that you exactly. have. Exactly. And I put all the details there. So, you know, um, there's one other thing out there that drives me crazy. There's this stomp bag that, you know, you think, oh, well, that's just like Nurse Amy's. It is nothing to do with mine. That is made in China, specifically in China. It's manufactured in some company. Packed I, in China and who, everything. It, no. no, the entire thing, the bag and all the contents are from China. Not one single thing in that kit is made in America. It is packed there. Nothing's in waterproof bags. It's just thrown together, and then it comes over here. And apparently, these these medical companies, are, uh, yeah, they're snapping them up, selling them, uh, snapping up, tripling the price for a great profit. And you're getting crap, and that's the truth. You're getting crap. So they're I'm not. I'm sorry, but you can't say crap on the radio. Uh, or can you? I'm saying it again. Crap. <laughs> crap. 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 <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's go. <clears throat> Moving on. We promised to talk about medical stuff. Yeah. That's right. Hey, you know, if you haven't gotten your supply of Kratom herbal supplements for your medical storage, you got about a week before this survival medic tool is gone probably forever from the medical woodshed. Uh, the FDA has banned it. We mentioned that in our last show. As of September 30th, 2016, that means it'll be placed on the same drug schedule as heroin and LSD. And this is a major blow to those people who've used it to help with post-traumatic stress syndrome, chronic pain, depression, addiction to opiates, all sorts of stuff. There are millions that use the herb in various forms to deal with problems that will have few legal options in normal times. Look for more opiate deaths from overdoses in the near future as Kratom no longer becomes available and people run out of their supplies. Also in the news, a number of Zika cases in the U.S. and its territories quietly approaching 25,000, 20,000 of those on the island of, and U.S. territory of Puerto Rico. Well, I have a question. Do you know what the actual population in Puerto Rico is? I actually don't. I'm going to look that up because that sounds like a significant amount of people. And Puerto Rico's not a giant island. No, it isn't. And so, they say that a quarter before Zika's done, at least a quarter of the people on the island will have had it. So that is pretty impressive. Florida itself has reported more local cases. There are about 90 of cases of local <clears throat> local transmission in the area, 700 more or more travel-related cases in the state. And outside of Florida, the most travel-related cases actually in the United States are in New York. Okay, so the current population, as of, it says, today, today. at this exact moment, wow. right here, is 3,675,000. Well, it's got a long way to go then. And change. It's got a long way to go to hit a quarter of the population, but... You know what? With almost 20,000 cases in Puerto Rico, we know that that's a pretty dense 
number of cases. We have 320 million here in the continental United States. So, yeah, we have a lot. And only three. This is very interesting. Um, I like these statistics. We've had they've had 55 births today. Oh, happy yep. birthday. Yes, I know. Isn't that Puerto cool? Puerto Ricans? I know. You Americans? <laughs> They've had 21,302 deaths this year. Oh. They've had 36 so deaths today. Oh. They've had a minus 15,062 net migration this year. That means 15,000 people left the island. Exactly. Probably didn't go to New York and, right. you know, other places in the United States. Exactly. So they've had a minus... 3,846 population growth this year, and a minus seven population growth today. Huh. Interesting. What's, I know. It's pretty interesting. The website interesting. is called Yeah. countrymeters, M-E-T-E-R-S dot info. So pretty interesting uh, information. They have approximately uh, minus 56 immigrants average per day. Okay, so that means 56 People leave the island, probably go to the mainland United States every every day. Yep, Interesting. and about 122 live births per day and about 80 deaths per day. Absolutely. Very interesting. Hey, the number of adults estimated to be living with diabetes has nearly quadrupled over 35 years. That's from the World Health Organization, who urges huge efforts to change eating habits and increase physical activity. Diabetes is a disease if you don't know, and we've talked about this many, many times, in which the body's ability to produce or respond to the human hormone insulin is impaired. That results in poor processing of carbohydrates in the diet as fuel for the body. And what that does, it leaves all that sugar in the blood and, of course, processed through the urine. That can lead to damage to organs that process urine, for example, like the kidneys and can cause damage to your circulation where you have a lot of sugar in the blood that means that diabetics wind up having heart disease more and other cardio cardiovascular issues globally an estimated 422 million adults were living with diabetes in 2014 that's from the world health organization that's compared to 108 million in 1980 and so that's actually growing faster than the population if that's possible the number of diabetics are growing in a, in a lot of countries. The conditions spreading according to the UN Health Agency because of worldwide changes in the way people eat, move, and live. And I can testify to that every time we go to Europe, for example. We always see McDonald's and Burger Kings and KFCs. Oh, and they're so crowded. Oh, yeah, they love it. Yeah, the <laughs> folks over there love it. I, the cafe right next door that's the mom-and-pop cafe that serves delicious fresh food is, you know, moderately busy. And then there's this huge line outside of McDonald's. I remember in Milan, Italy, <laughs> oh there was gosh. a huge crowd always outside the McDonald's. Exactly. And yep. it was in this, the main square. Yeah. And they, like, wrapped around. It was insane. Of course. I remember seeing. Were, most of them were young. Of course. <laughs> I remember seeing a communist rally right in front of the Milan McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that just sort of came upon us. That was very, I don't I'm know. I'm not talking about during the Cold War. I'm that talking about scary. a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was 2000, I don't know, 15, 13, 14, 14, 14, I don't I know. Think. 
Well, anyhow, diabetes at least doubles a person's risk of early death. And from 2012 to 2015, one to five million deaths each year are thought to have resulted from diabetes. I would think it'd be more. Uh, the region most effective with 131 million estimated cases in 2014 is, guess what? You won't believe it. China and Japan. You Would you think these people are eating a different kind of diet? But sure enough, they're number one in the most increase in cases. And oh, the next what? most affected was India and Indonesia, another one, 96 million cases. So I'm just asking you, what do you think is the cause for the increase in China? These people used to eat fresh fish, rice. Right, Japanese They didn't too. put butter on a lot of things. They no. Didn't, they don't have a, a big dairy nope. component of their diet. diet. No. And India, you can't even eat cows. <laughs> Well, I yeah. think you can use dairy products. You can drink milk. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when they cook, they stir fry a lot of things. They have a lot of soups, which don't seem fattening. So what the heck is going on? Well, because the diet itself has changed. It is westernized now. A They're lot. eating more meat. They're eating a lot more red meat. meat. They're doing a lot of things that we do in the United States that cause heart disease and cause increase in diabetes and also they're drinking more of these sodas and sugary drinks are actually oh. dropping a little bit the the use of those items here in the u.s but increasing in many other places as well as fattening foods so you think that they're increasing their soda intake that yes. would now that would actually make more sense to me than a huge diet switch with a lot more fats in it as the cause because of the high fructose corn syrup, which Plus, I personally think has contributed a huge amount to the timing of when our diabetes levels started going up is when they started yes, adding and obesity and fatty corn, liver and things like that. They started adding high fructose corn syrup to our sodas, to our bread, to processed foods. Now it's a, it seems to be in a little less foods. When you go through the aisles, you actually will find some bread products and occasionally a soda that will say, you know, real sugar or no high fructose corn syrup added. They're now taking it out of cereal boxes. And I'll tell you folks, probably about five or six years ago, I did a big writing campaign. And I wrote to all these companies, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, General Mills, a huge list of them. I wrote them written letters about the dangers of high fructose corn syrup. I'm sure I was just one of, you know several hundred that they got but eventually i think enough people have said we don't want this in our product you used to make it with sugar go back to sugar we don't want this goop you know the makers of this high fructose corn syrup will not even allow anyone inside the facilities where it's produced not one person has ever seen how this is made and yet they apply to become corn sugar well, so they have a natural sounding name. If they let you see it, they'd have to kill you. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> well, if anybody works for the high fructose corn syrup, sugar, sugar, syrup, goop manufacturer, contact us. I'll, I'll let you have an interview anonymously and you could tell us how this crap Oh my God! You and that made. word, terrible well, it, word. It is. It's terrible. That's right. Remove it from your diet, folks. 
All right. Step number one. Well, back to diabetes. I'm di- going to go get more coffee while you're talking. Okay, back to diabetes. <laughs> I just want to say that it's not just diet. It's the rate of physical inactivity. You know that there are a lot of people in these countries that in the past had to scramble for a living. They had to do a lot of hard work. They still do, by the way, in most of these countries. But the percentage of them in, in which modernization and in which automation has taken over some of the physically strenuous aspects of their life, that number is growing. And as a result, these people are somewhat less physically active. It's a matter of a improved lifestyle, but an improved lifestyle means less serious physical exertion to many people. And that is also another factor in terms of of the increase in diabetes. Now, the good news for survival scenarios is that 90% of diabetics, the type twos, will probably improve once their diet is restricted and they're forced to be more active to just do the chores that go along with daily survival. Great, so we're gonna starve and have to go work out a lot. (laughs) Several (laughs) hours a day. (laughs) Which is sort of what doctors want you to eat sensibly and they want you to be active. And therefore, you can imagine in a survival setting, obesity is not going to be much of a problem when the grid switched off long term. Although I will say one thing about food storage. Some of that's not very good for you. Some of the food storage is really high in sodium, which is going to be a problem for a lot of people who have issues with blood pressure. And the key will actually be to switch over to the freshest foods you can. Get your garden growing. Try and barter for some chickens that can lay you some eggs and you can use, you know, some for eating. So quicker we can get back to a fresh diet, the healthier we will be. So make sure you don't just rely on food storage, that you really, really think about where you're going to get food and where you're going to place that garden and how you're actually going to be able to grow food. Now, of course, the type 1 diabetics, they are going to be in a pickle. Those are people that produce no insulin whatsoever or produce way too little. That's a problem. Uh, Insulin is a liquid. You may be able to accumulate quite a bit, but it doesn't stay potent for a long time after the expiration date. And so you may have to realize that the worst diabetics may not do well off the grid. They'll have to go on caloric restriction, mostly protein diets, very frequent but very small meals, uh, barely enough to maintain their weight, maybe a little less than what would ordinarily maintain their weight. In this way, don't expect, and even if this is done, don't expect good control. What we're talking about is a different type of goal. The goal is to just keep them at glucose levels that keep them under the level in which they'll get diabetic ketoacidosis, other life-threatening diabetic complications, and hopefully they'll gain some valuable time and maybe things could restabilize. You never know. It depends on the actual disaster itself. You know, this is very interesting. I, I was just, while you were talking, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about freeze-dried insulin and see what sort of the latest um, publications have shown. Because I know that there are serious researchers out there. Um, I believe one of the researchers has a child who has insulin-dependent diabetes. And so they are, they are passionately trying to figure out a way to keep insulin stable for a while. But I want you to see this, honey. Look at when this patent for process for crystallization of insulin using freeze-dried insulin as seeding material. 1958, it says here. They filed. Filed in 1954. 54. Wow. 
Well, so, there must be something about it, though, that does does not work. Unfortunately, I have just seen this for the first time. I'll have to look at that, though. It is very interesting. Well, very, very interesting stuff. I want to get to our interview, however. Okay. We, you know that we have a, a good friend named Larry Kyleberg, and Larry is the national director for the National Association of Le- for Legal Gun Defense and the SelfDefenseFund.com. And his job is to help protect people that have had to use guns Not, or other weapons. Uh, any Anything that c- was used as a weapon. Or any other weapon anything. to defend themselves right. in any type of situation. They give you inc- an incredible amount of protection. They give you uh, expert witnesses. They will they will go to court for you. They'll be on your side. And this is, I think, something that we're going to see more and more often that people are going to be sued for actually protecting, protecting themselves. themselves in home invasions and terror events and other situations like that. And just on the street. And so without further ado, here is our interview with Larry Kalberg of SelfDefenseFund.com. Well, in these troubled times, it's clear your chances of being involved in an event in which you'll have to defend yourself is greater than any time in your recent past. Active shooters, bombers, home invasions, civil unrest, gosh, all other terrible events can end in tragedy if you're not armed. And many more people feel that having personal protection is not just an option, but it's a requirement in what I've called the new normal. Now, that's all well and good in the Wild West in a survival situation, perhaps. But when there's an existing legal system, your liability, even in a case of self-defense, can put you at risk. And today we have as our special guest, Mr. Larry Kyleberg. National Director for the National Association for Legal Gun Defense at www.selfdefensefund.com. Larry, you there? Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, and uh, I really am interested in learning more about the Legal Defense Fund, but let's start by you're telling us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a, a retired pilot that I flew for 20 years for the ostentatiously wealthy, and uh, their private jets, and then I went into the securities uh, industry for a while, and then uh, several years ago, about six years ago, uh, there's a group of wealthy people and myself, and we saw a trend coming of terrorism, and what the problem is, in the, is a lot of people do not have the financial ability to defend themselves in a criminal or a civil case, so we decided to uh, organize this membership association that is a litigation association. There are several out there that are legislative association, and one is very famous with a three-letter acronym. Uh, but there's a legislative association only, and they can only help you in your Second Amendment rights, but they cannot and will not help you if you use a weapon. So there was a need for... A, a litigation association that if you use a weapon of any kind to defend yourself, and weapon, most people translate that as gun, but that doesn't mean that. It means knife, fork, spoon, stick, stone, rock, fist, anything that you can use to injure another person That's cons- in the law that's considered a weapon. And even if you're home, uh, some people say, well, the castle doctrine, the stand your ground law and stuff, Well, that's true, and you might or might not be no-build in that particular situation, but it leaves you open to the civil lawsuits that come after that, 
in which we can give you case after case after case of where you've defended yourself on your own property in your own home and a criminal comes back and sues you civilly. That is a big deal because it's not even just the criminal or the home invader that might sue you civilly, but also their families. And there's a lot of liability that even if you're justified in your actions, that could wind up ruining you financially. That's the difference between civil and criminal cases. A civil case is when they bring something against you for financial damages and other kinds of damages. Act which might be very, very much justified, but a jury determines that the family or the criminal themselves wind up being eligible for a financial award from you. You're a victim twice in that particular situation, and we do have a free booklet that we give out. It's called uh, Defense of Self-Defense, and it's on our website, selfdefensefund.com, and you just request a free booklet, give your email address, and that comes in a PDF e-format, which explains the law to you and explains just what you talked about. You have to defend defend self-defense against the jury of your peers. We can give you case after case of where uh, people have been sued uh, civilly for for defending themselves. Well, you know, that jury is a very, very funny thing because there could be people on the jury that are your peers and that they're U.S. citizens, for example, but may not have the same viewpoint as you do. They may feel very strongly against using weapons or even in self-defense. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the National Association for Legal Gun Defense. What are some of its other activities? Tell us about the National Association for Legal Gun Defense. What are their activities and and their goals? We provide uh, litigation services, both criminal and civil, to our members. If you're a member, your attorney fees are have unlimited. Uh, they're covered in a case, and then you have a, a million dollars to cover uh, other expenses uh, like court costs, expert witness, forensic testing lab, private investigators, court records. Uh, all those things are, are cost money, and, and we pay for all those uh, through appeals. We'll take you through your pretrial through, um, well, first off, uh, through the grand jury if you're charged in a criminal case. Then if you're charged civilly, uh, we'll take you through the trial and through appeals if you lose the case and that, and all the way up to the Supreme Court. So I've just coined the phrase uh, here in the last, uh, the Clinton power, and that's what we provide to our members in the fact that, you know, one of our presidential candidates, uh, the FBI, says guilty, 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 but we're not going to do anything about it. And the reason being is because she had so much power and money. So that's what we have provided to our members. We've provided very aggressive junkyard dog lawyers who bite and bite hard. Prosecutors look at that in a defense, but how hard is it going to be to uh, prosecute this case? So that's what we provide to our members. Also education and training. There's all kinds of books and all kinds of videos in our private library that teach you how to avoid an attack and not just survive one. That's the knowledge that avoiding an attack is a lot better than just surviving one. Now, what you do is uh, you have the first responder kits and the bleeding control kits and stuff like that, which we uh, send out shortly be on our uh, store that you could order those from us, but you can also order them from your website as well. And that's a very creative idea. 
but what we do is provide the uh, bleeding control kit from your for your wallet uh, that the uh, that you're not going to have uh, excessive dollars flowing out of your wallet when you get uh, charged with a, uh, a crime. For example, uh, excessive use of force, wrongful death. There's all kinds of things they can put in there that people are actually charged with. And criminals say if you kill a criminal in, in your home, their family can come back and sue you for wrongful death. We've defended many cases that way. They can also come back and sue you for excessive use of force. Now, tell me a little bit about a recent case that you had with a security officer that needed your help. There was a security officer in the uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona area. He was a member for three years and never had an incident. Uh, and then one night, the building that he was guarding, there was a uh, teenage uh, uh, kid that had broken into the building, and he did what he was supposed to do. He called uh, the uh, Phoenix police, and they showed up, and they developed a plan. The police would take the front, and he would go around to the back of the building, and it so happened that the kid was uh, had broke a window out and was coming out the back of the building, and he detained the uh, kid and handcuffed him. He never used his weapon, although he was licensed to carry a weapon. So he turns him over to the Phoenix police and, and takes care of that. But then afterwards, the uh, the police started questioning him as a criminal suspect by his training uh, that we provided to him through our monthly newsletters and through our online videos. And uh, we provided training to him. He was able to know what to say to the police officers in that particular case, and, and it, it escalated up to a point that uh, they were going to arrest him for excessive use of force, even though he was a licensed security officer and he was deputized by the police officer because they asked his help. There were three people involved, two police officers and him as a private security person. There is a term in law enforcement called qualified immunity. Police officers have that qualified immunity. However, security officers do not have that. They're private citizens. Even though they're licensed to carry a weapon, that's the same as the license to carry. Uh, and with a little uh, more uh, security involved because you have to go through extra training as well, but you do not have that luxury of qualified immunity. So by our training, and uh, he, we have a uh, uh, interview that are, it's on our website. You can go to it's on our YouTube channel. You can go and you can hear him uh, specifically give his own story about that situation and how we protected him, and nothing ever become of it because uh, we we did contact the police and explain to them, and they agreed with us. And later, they the officer apologized to our member and said uh, that she was wrong. What a horror story that was for that person. It's amazing that somebody who is in the security field is actually questioned about providing security. Yes, uh, the officer was ready, willing, and able to, and it was going that direction to charge him with uh, excessive use of force, and that was a licensed uh, security officer. With women arming up now and with the rise in crime, with terrorism now on our radar, well, you know that a lot more people are going to be armed, and certainly the 
resources, educational and legal resources provided by the National Association for Legal Gun Defense and the Self-Defense Fund. Uh, these are really, I think, important options for the average person, for just about anybody. Tell me about all the different weapons and all the different things that you might use in self-defense. Yes, well, our official name is the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and as you know, it's a membership association, but but it's the self-defense fund, and the reason it's called the self-defense fund is because we cover any weapon of any kind. There's a lot of women that like to carry pepper spray, and as you know, uh, as a doctor yourself, if, if you have pepper spray in your eyes or, you know, if there happens to be a severe asthmatic or something, uh, you have no idea what the person's medical condition is that's attacking you. And if you uh, cause them to, uh, you know, have a medical condition or a medical uh, uh, alert like that, uh, then they can come back and sue you civilly. But we also cover the anything that you use. If you pick up a rock and that's the only thing available to you and you defend yourself with a rock, well, the rock becomes a weapon. Anything in your home, a table lamp, anything that you use, a baseball bat. A lot of people uh, carry or use shotguns in their home, and we cover any weapon of any kind uh, in all 50 states where you don't have to have a license to have a defend yourself with any weapon in any state. It's, that's why it's called self-defense. So a lot of people associate it with guns, but we're, we do cover that as well. But if, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you're going through a, a state that doesn't allow guns or doesn't allow your license to carry or you not, might not even like guns and you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, you pick a service station that's being robbed or a convenience store that's being robbed and you're involved in a self-defense incident and, and you injure another person or then that person will come back and can sue you civilly. So that's that's what uh, we do is uh, help you with enough money and uh, enough uh, junkyard dog aggressive lawyers to help you uh, win your uh, your case and not lose your retirement plan and not lose your assets and, and not lose what you've uh, worked for all your life to achieve. You, know, you give the criminal the right to come back and get those things. The sad thing about that is they do have lawyers, hungry lawyers out there that will take cases like that. Absolutely. It's certainly something that in the uh, medical field, you find that there are a lot of lawsuits that are really quite frivolous, but attorneys will sue you for a malpractice just simply to get a settlement from your insurance company. Well, they smell a payday, and any time a lawyer smells a payday, they're going to go after it. Self-defense fund covers families as well, and what situations would a family have? Let's say your kids get involved in something. What kind of protection can the self-defense fund give? We do have uh, members that the family membership available, and for children as well. For example, uh, if you're in your home and a burglar uh, comes in or, or an attacker comes in your home and let's say there's a 14-year-old kid that and has the opportunity to defend themselves and thwart the uh, attack, then if that person is a member, then uh, we also, they have the same rights and privileges as the parents. So that's uh, unlimited attorney fees and uh, the million dollars uh, for them as well. So they have to be covered, and it's only five dollars. You can add those on head of household is uh, an individual is twelve dollars and fifty cents a month, or one hundred and fifty dollars a year. 
Uh, you could add on the spouse for an extra five dollars. You can add on uh, all your children for five dollars each. And here's what we're finding uh, with campus crime. You know, people, uh, children, they uh, they get out of uh, home and they go off to college, and campus crime has become uh, very real and is increasing. And you cannot carry a, a weapon on a college or a university. Uh, but you can certainly defend yourself, and we cover that as well. So if you're a member and we cover uh, anything that would happen to you uh, in self-defense on a, uh, in campus or any other location to and from your home or any travel to, anything, in your domicile or any place, anywhere, throughout all 50 states, all U.S. territories, cover that as well because there's a lot of people who travel to the uh, Virgin Islands, which is a uh, U.S. territory, and we have many military members that are stationed in places like the Marshall Islands or Guam or places like that. Those are all U.S. territories, and you're allowed self-defense in, in those situations as well. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be with a gun. Now, what are some of the programs and outreach that the National Association for Legal Gun Defense and the Self-Defense Fund have to reach the average citizen? What are you doing to get out there and get yourself known? We uh, uh, talk to people on the radio. We have, we're on CBS radio. We're on the Price and Business radio show, uh, Bloomberg Radio. We do uh, seminars. We do shoot-no-shoot training seminars with Sergeant Damon Ng, which is a police, active-duty police sergeant who is also a professor at the Tarrant County College, and he teaches uh, all the uh, police officers in this area who, who want to become police officers. He teaches all the new people at the academies, and, and we provide the same training to the individual that the police uh, receive because education is very, very important. Uh, just because you're carrying a gun, you're, you're having a great responsibility. Well, you're taking on a tremendous responsibility when you decide to take that weapon and defend yourself. So education is very, very important, and training is important. And our phrase is uh, learn how to avoid an attack and not just survive one. So in our shoot-no-shoot -no -shoot training scenarios, we put you in the same training situation where a burger comes into your home and or you're in a parking lot or you're walking or something like that or any other type of store, big box store, and you see an attack, what do you do? You only have just a few seconds to decide. Do I run? Do I hide? Do I stand my ground? Do I shoot? Do I not shoot? What do I do? So we provide that same training to individuals uh, who want to take that course. And all those courses are available on our website in uh, video training uh, exercises that are in a private library, and that's available to our members only. You have to be a member of our organization or our association. And uh, once that's available, you get a, a username and password, and you can go in and you have shoot-no-shoot no shoot training. You have proper use of a flashlight, proper use of a stun gun, pepper spray. We also have first responder, first aid courses because there's a lot of violence, a lot of looting takes place in after major storms and, and injured people. And, and uh, those things are we teach, and you also have that available on your website as well. Absolutely. I'm certainly a supporter of the Self-Defense Fund, and I'm really just amazed, I have to say again, 
by the number of resources, educational resources, especially available through your website itself, defensefund.com. Uh, I was recently interviewed on the Price of Business Radio, which airs in, in Houston, Business Talk, uh, 11, 10 a.m., and The Answer, 1070 a.m. I've put up uh, a number of articles on active shooters, what to do, situational awareness, especially important in today's times, at priceofbusiness.com. That's a website that gets about a million hits per month and, and certainly is a big supporter of your organization. And, of course, I travel throughout the country to speak on medical preparedness for disasters and epidemics. That's part of my outreach. But where are you going to be in your mission to help people defend themselves? Well, uh, this Saturday we will be at the uh, Dallas Market Hall uh, with the Texas State Rifle Association. We'll have a booth set up there, and that will be at uh, 5 o'clock on the on Saturday, uh, Saturday evening, 5, 5 p.m. And then we always do the uh, largest gun show in the nation, which is the Tulsa Gun Show, commonly known as the Wanamaker Show, and that's the Tulsa Show. That's uh, two times a year in April and November, and we will be there uh, this November at those shows. And then we travel around the country, and with um, coming up soon, we will be traveling through Open Carry Texas, which is another organization that we support uh, with a shoot-no-suit sim- uh, simulator that can allow, and at different gun stores will allow people to participate in uh, the same training that the, the police get. So we do we do a lot of outreach and, and try to educate the public, um, and and we're also available all the time for questions about law because you know uh, uh, Will Rogers said uh, one time that no one's safe when the legislature's in session. So as you know, uh, you know <laughs> the uh, the laws change uh, in Texas. They change every two years when the legislature meets. So. As a member, we keep you updated on current law changes. The law has changed uh, August the 1st here in Texas. You're now allowed to open carry and open carry on a college campus. In, the, in August the 1st of 2017, the law will change for the community colleges. They gave them another year to establish the, what their rules are going to be, but now then, in Texas, as of August 1st, you can open carry a weapon on a um, on a college campus. So those laws change all the time. But that's what lawmakers do. You know, recently I predicted some pretty dire things. I predicted that bleeding control kits, gunshot kits, things like that, would one day be on the wall next to the fire extinguishers and automated defibrillators and colleges and churches and malls and places like that. How do you feel about that? I totally 100% agree. We've supported that. We've sent out, we did a promotional program that if you signed up for one year, uh, we would send out a uh, pre-bleeding control kit that you uh, that you supplied, which I highly recommend. We don't have that, we're not running that program right at the present time, but uh, you can certainly buy it on your website, and I would highly, 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 highly recommend it. Well, I, I greatly appreciate that. Now, let's talk just a little bit about how affordable being becoming a member of the self defense fund is we keep it very very simple there's uh we're not the only ones out there that uh, does it when we first started there was only about four companies that only 
the two associations that I know of and the rest of them are marketing firms and, t- and telemarketing firms and stuff like that that got in, uh, involved in programs like we offer. We provide uh, you know our members with a uh, very simple scenario. It's just $12.50 per month if they want to pay per month or $150 for a year, and then they can add on their children that then our spouse for an extra $5. So from $12.50, they'd make it $17.50. That are you pay by the year, and it's available on our website and explains all the all the details to you. And we are a uh, law firm uh, out of uh, Fort Worth. It's our chief counsel attorney is Blue Ranfell. It's Ranfell and Associates Law Firm. We have 150 attorneys presently that are nationwide and in U.S. territories as well that participate in their program. Uh, we have cases that uh, we've used uh, three attorneys on, on one particular case, but everything runs through our uh, home office, uh, Ranfell and Associates. So you'll always uh, be assured that you will have our attorneys on your case, and our chief counsel attorney might not be the lead attorney. You know, in, in law, there's what's called first chair, second chair, third chair, and the first chair is generally the talking head, and uh, in Spanish they call them uh, abogado, which uh, means talking mouth, you know, which <laughs> that's how the word <laughs> attorney got in, in Spanish. But uh, anyway, you're assured uh, that you will have our chief counsel attorney, and we will always be overseeing uh, your case so that we know what we're doing in self-defense law. I think this is an awesome program, and I want to thank you, Larry Kalberg for coming on our show. How how can a person become a member of the Self-Defense Fund, and how can people connect with you, social media, website, things like that? The easiest way, and most people, 99% of people, just go to the website. It's a very secure site. It's selfdefensefund.com. Just run all the words together and choose either individual or, or family membership and uh, the prices are explanatory there, and if you want to know the terms and conditions of exactly what you're going to get, there's a, a link there which is very clear on our front page, and, and just click on that, and that will give you our uh, agreement terms and conditions of uh, of exactly what we will pay for and exactly what you're covered for, and explains it in great detail, and that's the easiest way to do it. Or you can go contact us. Our Our contact information is there. Uh, you have a uh, once you're a member, you get a ID card uh, in the mail, and it has a an emergency uh, telephone number, an attorney telephone, which that phone will always be answered by a live person, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The call is recorded, and that's a time date stamp put on it, and and then attorneys are contacted immediately, and we get involved in your case. There's also an administrative line that you can call in, and if you have questions about the law, you can talk to a, uh, a legal assistant uh, about the law. If you have uh, specific laws in, in a state that you want to know, can I carry my weapon in this? What should I do to understand how to talk to police, even in traffic stops, uh, things of that nature? But it's very easy. Go to selfdefensefund.com. Larry Kyleberg, thank you so much for spending some time with us on our show today. I hope that people will check out selfdefensefund.com. All right. Thank you, doctor.